What's up, Bulls Nation, and welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented to you by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. My guy, Big Dave, is at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. He's already laughing for some reason. And Will, the goat, I live in Brazil, now Gottlieb, at Won't Gottlieb on Twitter. Hope y'all had a great weekend, Bulls Nation. We are back with an podcast only episode will how are you how are the long travels down to brazil i'm down here to start the brzl vertical of all city so i'll let you know how it goes <laughs> wow i did not know ah! that brandon had tasked you with that that's big yeah. good luck with we had that. a secret secret meeting brandon and i uh <laughs> while he was in town last week and we we chatted it out so makes sense I'm going to be the Kevin Kadic of, of Brazil. And not a specific city. Oh, that's like the, the dream. The entire sports world <laughs> the entire of the country. entire country of Brazil. That's right. That's right. Going to bring man. it to him, man. Are you ready to talk <laughs> soccer all day, Will? You ready to do that? Last night we had dinner at like a, a small little bar near the Airbnb that we were staying in. And we we're just watching some soccer games. People were going nuts. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. That seems like a dream for Matt to to go over there and watch Foot soccer. Balls, like, yeah, football. Excuse me, go over there and watch football over over there in Brazil. It seems like a dream. Yeah, man. For him. I'm disappointed that I'm not going to be able to make it to our CHGO uh, Fire and Red Stars tailgate at Soldier. That's this coming weekend. I'm going to be out of yeah. town. If I were in town, I would absolutely be there. And by the way, mm-hmm. if any of our listeners out there in Bulls Nation are also Red Stars and or Fire fans. Check that out. You can find the info on our website, allchgo.com. We're doing a tailgate at Soldier. Tailgate. Watch some soccer. Eat some good food. Drink some beers. And yes, Dave, watch some soccer. Deal with it. <laughs> one, uh, one more thing before I forget. So yesterday we were walking around the streets of Sao Paulo, and I saw a ton of great NBA jerseys, and I just want to tell you some off for you. Number yeah, one, okay. my my favorite by far was a Spurs DeMar DeRozan jersey. I saw somebody okay. wearing a Spurs DeMar DeRozan wow. jersey. Wow. Pretty awesome. Pretty uh, awesome. There were there were your Jordans, your Scotty Pippins. I saw Reggie Miller. Uh, it was like a cool with the yellow pinstripes, the black with the yellow pinstripes, Reggie yes. Miller jersey. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I'm blanking now on a couple more, but there there were some really good ones. It's, it's okay. a scene. That's awesome. But the, yeah, like the, the, the Spurs DeMar other... DeRozan one. Dude, Just that elite. to me that makes sense. Like San Antonio Spurs fans, I feel like they would have a contingent of fans in Brazil. You know, it's Texas. It's like yeah. basically Central America slash South see, America. You'll see like the there's like the Bulls jerseys, the Warriors jerseys, the Lakers jerseys. There's a ton of like LeBron twenty three, LeBron six, Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, and then uh, I saw one Jason Tatum jersey. And then the best one, the, the there was a small little kid walking on some street, and like uh, he was wearing, it was like a Bulls jersey, and it was like the Chicago Scripps jersey, but on the back it said twenty three, and instead of Jordan, it just said sports exclamation point. <laughs> wow, I love, I love it. that. Yo, That's I crazy. love it. Honestly, like I, I would rock that jersey. Yep, <laughs> he, probably, he probably got it on a pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, buyer friendly price too. <laughs> you got on a fair deal. This is true. And, unless deal. he had that custom made, in which case that's even more impressive. Custom made twenty three sports jersey with the sports. exclamation point. Sports. Yeah. In case you wanted to know his excitement about it, seven thousand I mean? seven thousand followers will get Matt a, a sports sports jersey. <laughs> <laughs> he might beat a us of, to it. A lot of yeah. my friends who don't really care about sports and are not you know, tapped into the sports world. A lot of times to tease me whenever I talk about a work thing, 
they'll just interrupt me whatever i'm saying and just go sports I'm like yeah yes that is that is my life thank you yep. me too <laughs> me too um well speaking of tatum he might be getting a new teammate we got to talk about this we'll also on the back end of the show talk about the wild tweets and declarations from one draymond green on sunday about his team about the 98 bulls and about new media in the nba uh a lot of interesting things going on there but first we have to talk about the latest breaking update from both Woj and shamshiranya earlier today that Kevin Durant trade talks died down for a while after his trade request back on June 30th. But now it appears that a team that has entered the race and might be leading said race is none other than the defending Eastern Conference champion, Boston Mm. Celtics. Mm. Here's what we have in this report, gentlemen, and then I'll get your thoughts on it. The Nets turned down, reportedly, a trade offer of Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first-round pick singular first round pick that's what was reported by shams the nets are reportedly looking for a package that includes jalen brown but also includes marcus smart current defensive player of the year three first round picks and maybe an additional role player so that's where those talks are now that is the divide the big question is can the two sides get closer together and actually make a deal happen that will send Kevin Durant from Brooklyn to Boston. Guys, what did you think of this most recent update? Uh, Do you like the move for Kevin? Do you like the move for Boston? And do you think that this is what's going to end up happening? Will, I'll start with you. I mean, you look at it and you just sort of look at the package that the Celtics can put together. And I think they do have a pretty compelling one. Obviously Derek white, Jalen Brown and a first is not going to get it done, especially when you're talking about like two teams in the same division that have to play each other in the playoffs. And again, like the idea here for the nets is to continue to compete. They're not trying to load up on draft picks because they already owe all their draft picks to the Rockets. So mm-hmm. they can't really do that. They need to win now and giving Durant to like literally the team that swept them in the first round of the playoffs you would have to just get a haul back. And so uh, Derek White's a nice player. Jalen Brown, obviously really good, um, sort of entering his prime. But if I'm them, you know, I want Marcus Smart. I want Grant Williams. I want Jalen Brown. And I want, like, three picks. Like, there's no reason to to give Durant away for anything less. Mm-hmm. And um, there, I think there's, like, some more sort of politicking going on in the background with this. Uh, it was just like the way that they both kind of reported it at 4 a.m. on a Monday morning was a little weird. And if you, if you read the Woj thing, it was like, basically the Celtics are no closer to landing Kevin Durant than any other team. This was just like a thing that happened. And then Brian Windhorst um, was on some radio station. Sarah Kiesel tweeted that he said on uh, AZ sports radio that I don't think the nets are involved in active talks right now. I know it came out today, so it's front of mind, but those are not fresh talks. So, I think a lot of this stuff has been leaking for a while. And I think if I'm the Nets and I know my team is kind of like being torn to pieces, I'm going to like try to drag some other teams down with me. I'm going to get in Jalen Brown's head and say, yeah, your team's trying to trade you for for Kevin Durant. Like, how does that make you feel? So Mm -hmm. I I think there's probably a little like uh, psychological warfare going on. Mm. That's an interesting way to look at it. I didn't even see it that way, man. 
And, and there's something in what you're saying, uh, basically because of Jalen Brown's response <laughs> to hearing this kind of stuff yeah. and the tweet he sent out, you know, with the SMH. So, yeah, there's definitely some valid- validity in what you're saying there. Um, look, if if you're saying that the Nets wanted uh, Brown, a role player, maybe two role players and three first round picks. Okay, deal. Like, what are we waiting for? Like, <laughs> say yes. That That is exactly what is Boston. Yes. Yeah, yes. Do that. That's Kevin Durant. Do they understand who this is? I agree with Jerry West when he said this. Because Jerry West said he doesn't think he's getting traded. He was like, because there's not enough that you can give, give up to get Kevin Durant. Like, you give up everything, basically, is what he's saying. You give up everything for Kevin Durant. So that's why if you have a team set the uh, standard like the Nets and say, this is what we want. You give them what you want, what they want. If they three first round pick, book, cool. Jalen, cool. You want you want Marcus Smart? Fine. Take him. You know what I mean? You want Derek White too? Gotcha. Get out of here. Because you still have Malcolm Brogdon as your point guard. You know what I mean? You'll be all right. You but you're getting Kevin Durant. You're immediately in the finals. Period. Who who's ahead of you? Like you're you're ahead and you're in the finals, man. And you just came from the finals. And then you, yes, you do this. But here's my question. And I've been thinking about this since that this came up. Does Kevin Durant really get along with the people in Boston if he goes to Boston? You know, does he get along with those Celtics fans in Boston? Because we know how That's them the Celtics fans Durant. are. That's <laughs> the thing about Durant any, everywhere. Like, you have no idea who he's going to get along with. You have no idea if he even like, I mean, there's this whole idea of like, we're not going to trade you know, Scotty Barnes, unless he commits to being with the Raptors for the for the rest of his four years. Like, he could just say that he's going to and then request another trade in a year. Like, this sure. is just how it goes. So, yeah, I, I, I think the, the Nets are kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't right now because they can't trade him, to your point, Dave. Like, they're just never going to get enough back because it's Kevin Durant. And mm-hmm. he obviously wants to leave, so they ha- kind of have to trade him. And it's, like, holding up everything else in the NBA right now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, those – yeah. Go ahead, man. Well, I mean, it's interesting that when you compare it to the Rudy trade, right? Because when the Rudy trade went down, and that was after KD had made his trade request, you know, public, everybody was like, holy crap. If if Rudy got five first-round picks, essentially, it was four first-round picks and then Walker Kessler, their pick in the 2022 draft, then, you know, what, what is Kevin Durant, plus, uh, plus a swap, what does Kevin Durant, you know, demand? Ten? Meanwhile, you you got these talks from from Utah saying that now they want seven or eight for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is a great player, but he's not Kevin Durant. No, he's younger, not. but that's all he has on KD. And the way you saw KD come back from that Achilles and play over the last couple of seasons, he's still peak Kevin Durant. Um, Jalen Brown is an All Star, at least he was in the twenty twenty one season. So that like. That gets you a little further as far as you don't need to throw a zillion picks like Minnesota did for Gobert or a zillion picks like whichever team is going to, you know, whether it's the Knicks or someone else, pride Donovan Mitchell away from Utah. Does Jalen Brown, an all-star who is still only 25 years old, and Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, together eliminate the need for five, six, et cetera, picks for Kevin Durant? Because... You know, as to, to your point of there's no such thing as a fair trade when you're trading away Kevin Durant and replacing that value. Well, what about an all-star who's 25 and a DPOY who's still in his prime? Because that certainly gets you a lot closer than, in my opinion anyway, what is still just largely 
so many unknowns with this ridiculous piling of draft picks and these trades for these all-star caliber players recently. I was going to say that that takes it back to what I was saying about the Nets still needing to compete right now. Like they do need players, but they also need picks and they're just the amount of teams that can give the Nets what they want, meaning one, at least one all-star plus multiple role players. I think at some point they said two all-stars plus picks and then still having enough left to be able to compete once you get Kevin Durant is very small. And I think honestly, it's like the Celtics and the Warriors that are really the two teams where that can, that can happen. And that's why you heard the like, well, Jordan Poole, Kaminga, Wiseman and Moody plus Wiggins maybe gets it done. And that's probably why you're starting to hear the like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart thing gets it done too. Because like you said, I mean, he goes back to the Celtics. They still have Brogdon. They still have Tatum. They still have Horford. They still have Robert Williams. They still have Grant Williams. They still have uh, Gallinari. Like they just, they're so deep that like, you know, a few picks and a couple of role players doesn't really hurt them the way it would. Like if the Bulls were to trade for him, for example, where you're giving up Damar, Vucevic and Lonzo and Patrick Williams, where that's like the entire team. Yeah, and basically the Nets want to be set up. Like if you're going to trade Kevin Durant, then you're going to have to set my team up and not just be a competitive team, but a playoff team. You know, you got to set us up um, for now and the future. And yeah, it makes sense. Like you, if you get Marcus Smart and Jalen, and I and I would be, if I was Jalen, I'd be excited because you'll get the opportunity to be the number one option on the team. That's your team. You go there, period. That's you. Um, so you get that and you still got Ben Simmons. Cause I think he's actually going to play basketball this season. So you've got a defensive backcourt, you know, right there with Marcus Smart and Ben Simmons. And then you throw Jalen in there and then you're adding all those picks with it. You saw what Boston built with all the picks that they got, you know, I don't see why, you know, unless the nets don't have that kind of intelligence in their front office. I don't know enough about them to speak on that, but, they can build a team for the future with those pieces that they're giving them, you know? And I think that's a fair trade. That's all you can really hope to kind of get back from this because you're not going to get equal value because it's Kevin Durant. You're just not going to get that. So all you can sit there and hope for is a team that's good. Can my team be serviceable for the next few years and into the future with the picks that I can get from this too? That's all you can really hope for here. And I think that that's being offered by Boston. We'll see if it, changes or come to fruition or if another team gets involved but uh you're right though like it's really holding everything up in the nba and i'm just ready for something to happen because i think everybody is here's the main question and then we'll move on in your opinion dave it sounds like if you're brooklyn or i mean if you're if you're boston you give brooklyn what they ask for because it's kevin durant and it makes you the favorites to win the east I could also posit to you both that right now, the way I see it, without making this move for Kevin Durant, the Celtics are still, with these other additions they've made in Brogdon and Gallinari and and bringing back the core that they had last year, they are already the favorites to come out of the East again this season. So do you need Mm -hmm. to make this move for Kevin Durant and sacrifice – uh, a handful of your young, talented players in their prime to double down on we're not only winning the East again, but we're going to win the whole damn thing next year. And that is why we need to make this move for KD. Because there, I also can see the other side of the argument for Boston saying, 
I mean, Kevin Durant's a damn good player. He's one of the top 10 players of all time. He's one of the top three players in the NBA right now. But we went to the finals, and we almost won the finals and maybe should have won the finals without him just two months ago. What do you guys think about that? Mm-hmm. No, all, all that's true, and, and I'll make it quick, Will. All that's true, and all that's nice, but I will take a that's a coulda, woulda, shoulda right there. You know what I'm saying? When you get Kevin Durant on your team, you go, you're like you're going to the finals. You can be the favorite now with the team they had, the moves they had, the pieces they had. Getting Kevin Durant makes it a no doubter. That's what that is, and that's the difference. It makes it a no doubt. Like you're going. Period. I don't care about Milwaukee. I don't care about them other team. I don't. You get Kevin Durant on that team with Jason Tatum and all them. You, yep, you're the ones. You're you're who we're that, looking at. You just said you're Jason going to Tatum the finals. And you said Jason Tatum and all them just now. Let's make the mm-hmm. assumption that if Kevin Durant's going to Boston, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart are leaving Boston. You think that even Robert, so, so Robert the Williams other is still there. Would, would still be there. You think that that would then still be enough yeah. with, yes. with the departure of Jalen Brown <laughs> and Marcus Smart. Okay. Because I, you I, have I wanted, Kevin I just, Durant. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that that's what you meant. This is all speaking yeah. just to the greatness of Kevin Durant. That's all this is, is just speaking to his greatness. And But, yes, having Robert uh, Williams on your team makes you still that kind of formidable basketball team. Remember, they were deep. They had a bunch of those players. So, you know, giving up a couple – you'll still be a good basketball team. And I'm going to trust their front office, too, because they honestly made some good moves, you know what I'm saying, as far as bringing in the guys they brought in, getting Malcolm Brogdon and getting Gallinari. It's two really good moves that on their part. So, But that's Kevin Durant, man, and it inspired Kevin Durant. And that's why I say his name like that, because that's who that is. You know, He is that guy. So getting him on that team, man, it motivated Kevin Durant on, on your team just makes you that more scary and that more formidable than the team that you even had last year. Because even with all that you had last year, all the way up until they got swept, people were still like the Nets are going to the finals. Why? Because they had Kevin Durant. It's that simple. So, yeah, putting him on that team makes you that kind of squad, Will. Yeah, I think basically this is where they are right now is um, they're there, right? Like they can get there. They have reached – the the final couple of games they made it to game six of the nba finals but they need to be they need somebody to put them over the top and durant obviously does that in my opinion um so i i think that's the risk though is like well maybe you know tatum is 24 and brown is 25 or whatever and our core is still super young and like for me that's a team where this idea of continuity can really help like they've gotten there now can we all together see if we can push it two more games? Because that's all, that's as far away as they were. Um, I think Durant makes it a sure thing. And, well, as close to a sure thing as you can be in the NBA. Uh, whereas, you know, taking the risk of knowing you're going to be really good, knowing you've been battle-tested in that way, knowing you've kind of had your heart broken, and then trying to grow through that moment together as a group, I think that's where... That's the risk that they're weighing right now. But for me, even if it's, like I said, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and three picks and however many swaps, which is a ton. I mean, that is like the best offer that I've heard so far. That still leaves them with Malcolm Brogdon. It leaves them with Derek White in this scenario. It leaves them with Durant, Tatum, Robert Williams, Al Horford, Gallinari, Peyton Pritchard, 
they're so deep that they can withstand that kind of blow to three rotation players and an all-star and still be able to easily get themselves there and then potentially, you know, have a better shot of going over the top. I think that makes sense for them, but it's a risk. And I think a lot of times people fall in love with the idea of like a five-year window as opposed to like, can we win it right now? I think that's kind of where we are in the idea of trading for stars. Like the last couple of years has been hesitant to give up a ton of draft picks because look what happened to the Brooklyn Nets when they traded Paul Pierce and Ray or, uh, and Kevin, <clears throat> Kevin Garnett to the, um, to the Nets. Like look what happened to them. And then you saw the Bucks go out and trade for Drew Holiday and give up three picks, but they won a championship. And now teams are starting to follow that template for success. And so I think that's, but now we're starting to see kickback because the Jazz just got four, five first round picks and swaps for Rudy Gobert. So it just keeps on swinging back and forth. And I think that's kind of where they are weighing things right now. But for me, if that's what it takes, that's a boatload. That's the most, most the Nets are probably realistically going to get that helps their team today and long term and sets them up with draft picks. Um, and then the Celtics get Kevin Durant with Jason Tatum and Rob Williams and their team is stacked. Now, basically, none of this sounds good for the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, bottom line there. If you want to tie this back into what's going on with the Bulls this offseason. <laughs> Yuck. I don't yeah. like this at all. Yeah, get, It doesn't matter how many times Bulls fans post that one picture of Kevin Durant wearing a Tony Kukoc jersey. They are nowhere near this conversation. Um, oh, well. All right. Now we got to talk about. This weird tirade that Draymond Green went off on uh, on his Twitter account Sunday evening and uh, and how that relates to the Chicago Bulls of old. Um, Dre was smoking some of that good Cali weed, it appears. Uh, but we will talk about that coming up in just a second. But first, today's episode brought to you guys by PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, that's right. You're getting those two risk-free dollars but that's not all if you make a 50 dollars more first time deposit you'll receive a free chgo membership which unlocks all of our amazing web content at allchgo.com with all of our reporters spanning every major chicago sports team in chicago with their credentialed reporting and great journalism which is ad free on our website that's right and a free shirt of your choice from the chgo locker it's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, your team maybe is primed for a big comeback. Don't just watch the game, bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit. Stay in the live action all game long. Download that PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Will the thrill in Brazil goat leave? Tell them what to do. You live your bet life. <laughs> See, you you were so high up, Matt. You you couldn't. Will couldn't even give his proper. Energy. Yeah, you took all his energy <laughs> on that one, man. You got you can't. You, gotta, the... gotta, you know. I mean, I was just I was getting more and more excited as I realized that Will and Thrill and Brazil all rhymed and that that was freaking amazing you literally stole the show is what you just did <laughs> no nah, man draymond green's about to steal the show that's right and he, he thought he, he was stealing his own show 
Dave still has to do the athletic greens read, so you never know what's going to happen. I sure do. I sure do. Because it's awesomeness. It's 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and oh my God, the adaptogens. They all help you start your day right. That special blend of ingredients that support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is that athletic greens. It is awesome. It don't cost you a lot. It's cheaper than that cold brew habit. Costs you less than $3 a day. You don't have to get all the supplements yourself, and you're investing in that all-in-one nutritional insurance. It's vegan-friendly, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, all while still tasting good. Supports that better sleep quality and recovery, and it supports the mental clarity and alertness. But do not take this word from me. Take it from the man that is over there in Brazil who had to have his AG with him. Will, can you give us an example of how it's going having those travel packs with you, sir? Yeah, I think I mentioned this last time, but we got a bunch of uh, a, a new shipment of Athletic Greens to the studio, and I had to grab some because there was like a box full of the um, travel packs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you're traveling, you're just like eating kind of terrible food at airports and on the plane and you just feel kind of awful the whole time so i grabbed a bunch of those i've been pouring them in my water bottle and uh my girlfriend's watching me and thinking that it's disgusting but it's actually good (laughs) and it makes me feel good and i like it so you should try it that's right that's coming straight from the goat y'all and to make that easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of that immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you gotta do is visit athlete athleticgreens.com slash chgo bulls again that's athleticgreens.com slash chgo bulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance because it's athletic greens you scoop it you dump it you shake it you drink it you feel it. Mm. Uh, dude, I you almost convinced me on that one to give it Ooh. a second try. Oh, you didn't. snap. You didn't. Almost, almost. though. All right. I'm all not right. convincing but you every time. I... It was like, I felt it. Go ahead, Will. I'm not convincing you every time I give my testimonials. You're not buying those. <laughs> it's not you, Will. It's the product. Sounds like it might be. Which is a, which is a <laughs> great like product for all of our listeners and viewers out there. It's might have to revisit this little uh, this little process we've got going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's a process. We'll break it down that wall of Matt is, is, is a hard task. I appreciate all the help I can get. <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder to break down this wall when you're thousands of miles away, <laughs> you jerk. How dare you go have fun? I'm Will. I'm just going to go hang out. With my with my cool girlfriend in Brazil for two months. How dare he? Yeah. <laughs> um, Life is our, tough. Yeah, Life is seriously. Tough, right. <laughs> all right, guys. So um, next thing on the agenda, Dream on Green decided to hop hey. on Twitter uh, and and have a little a little rant via via tweets last night, Sunday night. And in case you missed it, I'll give you the quick rundown here. He said, "Question." When they are comparing eras and they're taking into consideration the drastic differences in style, are they taking into consideration the drastic differences in style of play? Regardless of that answer, it's very dumb to compare one era to the next era. Next tweet, minutes later. 
I'm watching the 98 Bulls versus Utah in the finals. I can't help but notice our 2017 team would have beaten these Bulls by a dub and these Jazz by 40 if they're going to play these brands of basketball. And that's why it's dumb to compare eras. Next tweet later that evening. Learn to appreciate things for what they are, analyze the game, and stop the unnecessary debating. Yours truly, the new media. He then goes on to have tweets about Dennis Rodman, John Stockton, Hornacek not having an answer for Scottie Pippen. He said Black Cat, a.k.a. MJ, was always demoing that footwork in this series. Then clearly people were attacking and jumping onto him in his uh, in the replies to these tweets saying, well, okay, yeah, the 98 Bulls, maybe, because they were old and tired and worn down. What about the 96 Bulls? So then Draymond said to that, 96 Bulls, 98 Bulls, I stand on it. <laughs> Final tweet, this game is being played from the free throw line and in, only occasionally stepping out to the three. That is a big old word salad from Draymond. <laughs> and he contradicted himself by my count at least four times. Yeah. Gentlemen, what do you make of this? And is there some truth in there that you can like interpret or translate from whatever the heck it is he's trying to say as he's saying don't compare eras it's dumb while comparing eras and teams from different eras <laughs> go ahead Will. that was a, hol- a hilarious tirade but i think to your point i think there is actually a lot of truth in it i think where it was coming from was basically the sentiment like that the game has just evolved and it's gotten more efficient and it's got more explosive and it has gotten smarter and as that's happened, the players have gotten better. They have more space. They're able to showcase their skills more. And you just, you learn from history, right? Like you, you get better. Uh, I think somebody tweeted, and I wish I could pull this up and find out who, but it was like, my iPhone 11 would beat the first model of the iPhone. Like that's <laughs> how it works. Technology gets better. Like NBA players got better. The health mm-hmm. is better. The strength and conditioning is better. The talent skill level is better. And so comparing eras against each other is a really hard thing to do. And I think that's kind of the point of what he's trying to say. Um, So, yeah, if the Bulls are going to take a a shit ton of like mid-range jumpers and just give Michael the ball in the post every time, is he going to score at a super high level? Yes. Is that going to be able to keep up with, you know, all the threes and the pace that the Warriors are playing? I don't know. I think that would be a really difficult clash of, of styles. So I think it's a really interesting point i don't think he was like trying to stir the pot i actually think it was like pretty sensible argument that basically was saying like you can't compare these teams because it's just so different i mean it's just a it's almost a different sport yeah i i disagree with the stirring the pot will he definitely was stirring the pot though he was trying to get that going in which is why he did it on sunday because he knew on monday everybody would be talking about this like it's very smart <laughs> it's, it's very intelligent like it, it's i'm not against what he did because that's smart and I'm also not against what he said because that's what he's supposed to say. I, I'm glad that's how you're supposed to feel. Like, can't nobody beat us. I'm better than everybody. Period. I don't care who it is. That's how you're supposed to be. We just people were getting on John Morant for saying I'm beating Jordan one on one. That's how you're supposed to think. That's literally how he's supposed to think. Can't nobody beat me. Nobody can stop me. I'm the best. This is how it go. Is he wrong? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like that's how you're supposed to think, and that's how you're supposed to feel. Um. Draymond was when he said, uh, if we're playing by these rules, did he mean, did he mean by the rules that he was watching or do you mean by the rules of today? 
when he I said think he, I think he meant by the rules of the game he was watching, aka Bulls Jazz '98 Finals. Okay, so he so for me that also destroys his argument that he was saying about errors because he's saying we could come into that era and still beat you by a dub. You know what I mean? And and do it that way as well. And which means if you come into our era, we'll still beat you by a dub. So he's saying in any era we win. You know, like, and, but then say don't compare errors. <laughs> like, like that's that's what he's confusing me. Well, I think and that's, that's I think what he's saying is that like, well, maybe he's not saying this, but what he should be saying is that like they don't exist with that with that without that era without that basketball they can't mm-hmm. exist. Like Steve Kerr took literally what he used, and that was actually the best part. As Kevin Durant chimed in with yes. a hilarious tweet, uh, <laughs> about basically Steve saying Kerr like rolls, picking rolls. Yeah, Steve Kerr. yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, "I can." I can't tell you what the results would be, but I do know that Steve Kerr would demand that we put Steve Kerr in as many pick and rolls as possible. <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious. One, because it's just true and funny, but also because like the Warriors are notorious for not going to high pick and roll when they should. And yeah. so it's like, uh, that's that's what it would take for Steve Kerr to actually just see himself <laughs> on the court and try to expose him. But um, yeah, I, I don't really remember where I was going with that because it was just all this stuff is just kind of hilarious to me, but mm-hmm. it's like you, you exist because of the history before you and sure. like the, the war. So I think like going back into that era, I don't even think that's possible. Like you, I couldn't even imagine what the Warriors team would be like if you brought the nineties bulls into today's era and had them play the way that teams in this era play, they would destroy everyone. But like, they can't, they can't know how to do that because it hadn't existed yet. It's just like a it's, a, it's a time loop. Time loop. And I've always felt when it came to stuff like that, I've, I've always felt this way, that greatness is great in any era. I don't care what era greatness shows up in, it's, it's going to be great. Like if, if Bill Russell showed up now, he's still going to be Bill Russell because he's great. If Will Chamberlain showed up now, it's going to be that. If LeBron showed up in the 50s, he's going to be great. Like that's just what it is. Greatness always wins. Um, but just to even say something about Dr- Draymond and the 98 team, I he should feel that way. I still think the Bulls are winning, but he should feel that way. Like, and that's how I want him to think. But I just can't. It's when you when you've never seen somebody lose in the finals, it's hard to sit there and say, Yeah, you'll lose the finals. And that's really what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I never saw it. Like, so I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it tastes like. So it's just like all I know is winning. And all I know is that's what that dude does in 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 23 is win and always win against the odds because remember in 98 they were not the best team on the floor they were not you know what i mean and and, to, and that's what made weren't it even the funnier. best team in the series against indiana in the conference right finals. right and that's what made it even funnier when he said we beat the jazz by 40 i'm like the jazz were better than the bulls like, like the jazz were a better team they were a better team and and so like when i'm thinking of that and no one i think they won 61 62 games that year the bulls and just knowing how broke down they were and, you know, and it's all the stuff they dealt with and all of this, but how insane Michael Jordan is about winning. And I don't know if anybody's that insane about winning on Golden State or ever. Like, like, he was just that kind of insane about winning. Maybe Kobe. Kobe was that kind of crazy uh, about winning. But, again, Kobe's a, a spitting image of Mike. Um, but, yeah, man, like, it's just hard for me to say, yeah, that dude's going to lose, like, I, I haven't seen. I've seen everything be thrown at him. I've seen the, him go through the injuries, through being sick, uh, through not having the best team, through not having the best teammates. You know what I mean? 
from the media, I've seen it all put on him and him still walk away holding up a trophy every single time. So it's it's hard for me to just say no. You wouldn't do that. I I mean, I, I'm with you, Dave, in that I think what Draymond did here in this little Twitter experiment was very clever on his part. Yeah, and there. I think he he's aware and doesn't care that a lot of it sounds contradictory, you know, within itself. Um, he's saying don't compare eras and then continues to compare eras. <laughs> Um, the, the well, I think the, he was. I think he was saying like, don't compare eras because you can't because compare look how eras. stupid like, this, this is, is. This is what would happen if you compared eras. Yeah, right. Um, and yes, Will, I also agree with you in that. Like, obviously, NBA's players today are more thoroughly and well trained and taken care of. Their bodies are more meticulously sculpted. They're not and, smoking and cigars like swinging baseball bats in the locker room before a game starts. Like they're, they're just not. Although, I did love that our pal Sabine <laughs> responded with exactly that gif <laughs> under <laughs> of MJ's and that's, that's, that's right. the trash talk is when it's 0-0. Zero, zero. That's, when, that's when the real man trash talk starts. Um, and still go, still stopping 40 when he do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the, but like the interesting part to me is about what Draymond is trying to push forward here, something that he's calling the new media, um, and comparing something that he is trying to do along with some other current professional athletes who haven't retired yet who are getting into broadcasting and podcasting, all of this, saying, we play the game, we know the game, therefore, we should probably be the ones talking about the game. Mm -hmm. And... Any of you out there who haven't played the game or don't even watch it closely or some of you who used to play the game and don't watch it closely anymore, like certain retired players who are on various broadcasts and shows and pregames and postgames, aren't, aren't the ones that people should be listening to if they really want to learn more about the game. And I think there's absolutely some truth to that. And it's funny that he is saying that and then using a strategy, tactic, whatever you want to call it, of creating content that is basically by the book of what old media has done in recent years in all of these new digital platforms, which is pick a topic, compare player X and player Y or team X and team Y and debate until everyone is dry in the throat and exhausted and has nothing left in their lungs because content. And I'm, I'm, I'm still just trying to, figure out and i'm curious how much of draymond's issue with old media is real and how much of it is just he is trying to set himself up for already having this gigantic platform for when he is in fact done playing and it could be both but i'm i'm fascinated by it either way what do you guys think about this whole new media thing that draymond's been talking about for the last year or so so I'm not a big uh, Nick Wright fan in general. Oh, no, he's he had a hilar hilarious tweet today that I think is pertinent. Uh, he said, thank goodness we now have hashtag the new media to give us groundbreaking unique ta takes like the era I played in is the best and any other eras wouldn't have been able to compete in it. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what Draymond is doing. But like, you know, I. For me, I love listening to Draymond. I love when players come on TV and give their analysis. And it's not just the like, you know, tired, this guy should feed the post or like this guy needs to give more effort, doesn't have the dog in him, stuff like that. Like 
if you're really diving into some X's and O's and like giving real analysis and sharing insights about what it's actually like while you're out there or what coaches are saying during timeouts or like what actually the Celtics needed to do to overcome whatever mental hurdle they had because they completely fell apart in the last couple of games of the finals. Like, absolutely. And it's not like there's not enough media to go around. Like everybody is going to have different kinds of content that they want to consume. And it doesn't just have to be players. It doesn't just have to be traditional beat writers. It doesn't just have to be Looney Tune podcasters like ourselves. Um, <laughs> there's, there's plenty to go around. And so when he's basically coming out and saying, uh, you can't compare eras and then like saying you can't compare and, and then basically comparing eras of like media. It's kind of that part of it is hypocritical of me and, and rubbed me the wrong way. But because I, I love what Draymond does. I love what JJ Redick does. I think he's like when he does color commentating on games, it's like the best thing ever. I mean, the, it's just insight that you cannot get anywhere else. But I don't think that like precludes anybody else from doing these kind of things. And I'm not sure that's even what he means. I think basically his point is that you just, you have to have like real takes. You can't just like come on TV and spew hot takes for the sake of spewing hot takes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe we're in the clear guys, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's great. There's more than enough to go around. Well, I, most importantly, we now know that we're referring to ourselves from here on out as Looney Tune podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dang, you didn't like that? <laughs> no, I loved it. Thought it was hilarious and 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 and, and aptly named. <laughs> aptly named, yes. But dude, like I I I like Draymond. You're right. Well, I agree with you on that. I like watching him when he comes on TNT, um, and gives the breakdowns. You know, and does he? Because he's basically what he's basically trying to do is is be Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley. You know, he's trying to give you the analysis and break it down for you but also trying to entertain you at the same time. My thing is he doesn't have to go to the extremes to do that. You know what I mean? Like I, we already liked you on TV. <laughs> like I, we cool with you on TV, bro. We know where your future is. You know what I mean? Is and where you're going and we're going to be tuned in to watch it. Um, but he, he wants to go about it this way and that's cool. You know what I mean? And, that, and I don't have a problem with that per se, but it's just when you continue to contradict yourself, you know, you you remove some of that credibility that was already kind of there um, for him. So, but again, like Will said, I like watching him on those analysis. I like when he has something to say um, most of the time. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm excited for his future uh, on TNT or wherever he ends up because I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. I, like another example I can think of recently is, when they've been bringing Candace Parker in to do inside the NBA. Yeah, she's great. Um, and she she's is awesome. phenomenal and has once or twice kind of talked circles uh, around some of those old head guys who are very lovable and good at what they do. And, you know, Shaq and Kenny and Charles, there's a reason that show is successful as it is. And it's them being them. But she's also kind of gotten the better of them in some more in-depth basketball debates and discussions before. And so whether it's Candace or Draymond or someone else, and like JJ Reddick kind of like just skirting that line a little bit because he started the old man in the three before he retired mm -hmm. and now has continued to build it after his retirement. And I highly recommend if any of you guys out there in Bulls Nation haven't listened to it yet, Draymond and Reddick did a crossover of the Draymond Green show and the old man in the three, like soon after the Warriors won that title um, earlier this summer. And it's a great listen. 
because they talk basketball and they also talk about this this new media and and what Draymond is trying to do uh, and sort of like forge a path for other professional athletes who have this platform and want to use it not to just talk about certain social issues when those things come up, but to talk about the sport that they play um, because informative and entertaining. Going back now to the actual hypothetical of Warriors Bulls, 17 Warriors, 98 Bulls, or as Draymond said, whatever, call it 96 Bulls if you want to. <laughs> Draymond pointing out that there's like no perimeter game back then, which is not entirely true, but for all intents and purposes, you see why he's saying that. It's not like people shot zero threes uh, back in the 90s. They just shot significantly fewer. You know what was really good about that Bulls team was the length and their perimeter defense. So, like, I don't know if Draymond would say, oh, like, dude, we would just smoke them because we would just be hitting all our all our threes and we could, you know, do do our best to just kind of double MJ and prevent him from scoring inside or, you know, around the free throw line, around the elbows, not let him get anything inside and force him to just jack up a bunch of threes because they weren't, you know, that adept at shooting threes other than his coach, Steve Kerr. But I, I just think back to Harper, Scotty, and MJ as a trio being maybe the toughest trio of perimeter defenders that like anywhere like what era pick an era that trio of lengthy perimeter defenders i don't know that draymond's you know splash brother teammates are just gonna be like easily jacking up threes if those teams face each other what do you guys think about that i think it goes back to this idea that like the nba is just so much smarter and more efficient now like teams weren't running like spread pick and roll to get Steph Curry isolated on big men back then. And so if you brought that era into the nineties, I think it would be really tough to defend. Like the, the bulls weren't switching that, that just like wasn't a thing that teams did. And so, yeah, it would be harder to defend modern NBA as a team 30 years ago. It just would. Um, but it's also, yeah, I mean, totally disrespectful to not credit them. Like defense is one of the things that, is relatively consistent throughout the years, right? Like you have to defend a certain way. And if there are teams that would project out into the future, a team that had six, 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 seven across one, two, and three with seven foot wingspans and one of the best defensive anchors of all time, like that's a team that could be a, a great elite, like all time defensive team, any era. And so, um, of course, I had to get into my basketball reference bag here, but the Bulls. So the other thing is pace, right? Like teams just pay, played at a different pace uh, mm -hmm. in in that era. So the Bulls uh, were 20th in the league, but they played 91 possessions per game, basically. And the Warriors were playing 100 possessions per game during their 2016-17 season. So basically what offensive and defensive ratings do is they adjust for pace. So basically if the Warriors are already playing 100 possessions they scored 115.6 points per 100 possessions uh the bulls who played 91 possessions uh also scored 115.2 so they're roughly the same but the bulls defensive rating uh pace adjusted was 101.8 and the warriors was 104 so i mean it's not like the bulls were just like not even good or okay i mean like absolutely elite and so were the warriors but mm -hmm. um 
just that yeah i think that that's an area of it where like the three-point attempt rate for example how many threes are you taking per 100 possessions the bulls took 19.6 the warriors were taking 36 like it's just it's math like it's very difficult to to come back from that but when you're talking about defensive specifically and if you sort of self-adjust for some of the nuances of era i mean come on yeah i hear you on that will for sure um yeah, and for me, like it, again, it just goes back to Mike for me, and that's that's all I see. Like because the deep the offense, I think, will kind of play itself out because as good as they would be on offense, I think the Bulls would be damn good on offense as well. Uh, we're talking about the triangle here. Um, that they would be damn good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying on offense as well. It would just come down to those guys. You know what I'm saying? It would just come down to that greatness, and that's usually you know what happens in the finals is it comes down to that. Um, who are you going to go with? Who's going to be the one? Who's going to do it? Who's going to take it? And I just don't see it happening over Mike. I just don't. He's too crazy. The man, I, he, Will Will Perdue <laughs> gave one of the craziest analogies of Mike I, I'd ever heard when it came to him winning. And he said, if if it meant winning, and somebody told Michael Jordan he had to murder his mother, he said Michael Jordan would take a bus, drive over his mother, put it in reverse, and drive back over her to make sure she was gone. Like, you know what I'm saying? He said this dude would murder his mom to win, bro. Like, that's a level of winning I don't think anybody can really kind of comprehend or be on or understand. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, he's that kind of crazy when it comes to that. And combine that with all the numbers and everything you said, Will. Um, yeah, I just... I can't, I can't see Mike losing, bro. Not in the finals. I can't, I can't see it. There's a lot of cliches in basketball, and I think they kind of, like, once you start hearing them over and over again, they start to lose meaning. Like, Michael loved to win, I think, is one of them. Like, you hear that all the time. He was a competitor. He was, like, mm-hmm. the greatest competitor of all time. Yeah. But, like, when you're at the top of the top and you're splitting hairs, that matters. That really makes a difference. So I just wanted yeah. to emphasize that, Dave, because I think it's a really good point. And it's not just like, well, Michael wanted to win more, so the Bulls were going to win. It was like right. that extra level of motivation and yeah. desire to do, to kill his own mother. <laughs> would, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, probably <laughs> probably <laughs> give him some sort of edge at the very top, and that's where we're splitting hairs, and that's what we're talking about. Right. Because, again, we're just talking about finals. You know what I'm saying? Like, and. And, and since I think the teams match up so well, that's all you can kind of look at is those little tiny things, the little nuances as to why you would be a better team because it's hard to look at on paper. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I love when those matchups are like that because that means it's really good matchups. You know what I'm saying? Like it's really good basketball that's about to happen. And, yeah, it, it would be awesome to watch, man. It really would. So go get your NBA 2K. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Play it up because that's all you can really do. <laughs> I mean, so it, it is a shame that we can't have, we don't live in a world with all the technological advancements we've made that we, that a time machine still does not exist. Maybe yeah. before we're all long gone. May, is somebody working on that? Tell me somebody's working on that. I'm, wor- I'm working on it. Man. Okay. <laughs> I'm working because on it. Okay. I want a time machine mostly for the purpose of putting these teams on a court together and seeing what happens. And this is why you you can't have a time machine because that's there are other more useful things we could do with the time machine, like preventing lots of loss of life and big wars and all. No, I want to see 90s Bulls versus these Warriors. 
But again, that's like the the Warriors couldn't exist without the Bulls. So like if you brought the Bulls back in time, that would be like it's like the killing your grandfather paradox where like if you go back Ooh. in time and kill your grandfather, then your father and mother don't get born. And if they don't get born, yeah. you don't get born. So it's like it just yeah. like they play the same kind of offensive scheme that the Bulls played. Mm-hmm. Like Phil Steve Kerr does not exist as a coach without Phil Jackson. So it's just it's like impossible. And I also think like, yes, it would be really fun to see what that looked like, but it's also kind of the beauty of basketball and NBA fandom that you can't and that you have to have debates about it and you have to, like, get takey yeah. on Twitter and you have to have Draymond yeah. doing his thing and taking his uh, his victory lap as far as you can possibly take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. I, I do, I do want to see Draymond versus Rodman, though. Like, and, like, he gave Rodman Ooh. some props. I, I assume him saying Rodman is insane in all caps was a compliment. Um, there, are, there are a lot of people who say that Draymond There's is... There's really no is, other is, way to describe Rodman Dennis, than insane. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I would love to see Dennis absolutely shut down Draymond. And for all the people who are like, oh, Draymond, he's great at winning those mental battles on a basketball court. Not Dennis. Would, Dennis, Dennis yeah. would eat his brains for lunch. <laughs> I, I Before agree. the game, <laughs> I agree. It, it, yeah, that would be fun. It'd be oh. fun. <laughs> so yeah, new media comparing new media. eras. Draymond Green, <laughs> but don't compare them. Don't compare them. <laughs> don't do that. I love it. Um, but all right, that's it. it for today. Right. Thanks y'all for tuning in. Subscribe to the pod if you aren't already. We'll be back in studio for our tomorrow episode, our Tuesday episode. We're gonna start breaking down some of the off teams in the Eastern Conference in a bit more detail. What have they done in the draft? What have they done in free agency? So we will do that tomorrow. We're going to have a, a visitor later on in the week when we're in studio, either Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, Will will pop in a couple more times this week from down there in Brazil as well. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter, Bulls underscore Peck, Bow, B-A-W-L Sports, and Won't Gottlieb. We are CHGO underscore Bulls on Twitter. Get those follows up. So that we can yeah. do whatever's next. What what's at five thousand? We're making Dave do something, right? Yeah, I got the uh, Tigers and Tukes. Uh, Tigers and Tukes. I'm <sighs> not looking forward to any part of this at all. <laughs> Whatever, man. I <laughs> ate I ate two pieces of bread that had nothing but vegetable sandwich between them. The you other got day. to eat a delicious, tasty, wonderful sandwich, and I got to put on this outfit. There's a big difference here. You got to sit and eat. I got to sit there for an hour. Yours took about what five ten minutes? An hour. <laughs> I gotta sit yeah. there with this on. Those, those five no, or ten minutes felt like a lifetime, a lifetime <laughs> of, of healthiness, of hell, of, of imprisonment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, make sure make sure you uh, keep up that uh, routine with the athletic greens while you're down there in Brazil, Will. Okay. Yes. You know I will. Absolutely. You know I will. All right, yes, Bulls Nation. <laughs> Until tomorrow for Big David Will. I'm Pexy Red Pete Good. <laughs>